What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, my brothers? It's Johnny King with the Becoming Kings podcast, and I'm stoked to have an amazing guest on the podcast today, a guy that I've been following online for a while. Uh, pretty much, I feel like every single thing that I see he him uh, drop on social media, I'm like, God damn, that's genius. This guy is amazing. Uh, so I'm really, really excited to, to have him finally on the, the podcast. Mike Campbell, all the way from Australia, the Gold Coast. He's an author. He's an avid stone fruit eater, but he's uh, ultimately a men's coach. So brother, thank you for being on, man. I was, I'm excited to have a conversation. Thank you for having me, Johnny. Excited to be here. Hell yeah. Hell After yeah. that introduction, I wouldn't say genius. Most definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all relative, right? And I think for a lot and of And take in some information, <laughs> mill it around in my head, and then, you know, yeah. do my best to spit it out in a way that I understand and hopefully other people can well, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that is genius sometimes when, you, when you're able to take some complex uh, or emotionally charged topics and be able to make them relatable to the everyday man, I think is is actually pretty genius at times. So I think your, your content's really, really cool. And you have a great way of articulating sometimes some very heavy uh, thoughts. And I, and I would say too, uh, again, not to just blow hot air up your skirt, but I feel like <laughs> Please, you've, got a, you've got a great, uh, a great balance of the masculine and the feminine of kicking ass, um, no, no fucks given on one side, and then another side being a very compassionate, empathetic man, which I think uh, the world needs more of those type of men. So from, from, from this side of the pond, you're, you're showing up in a very authentic way. So I appreciate you already just spending time with us today. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I shall, I shall receive that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Tell, uh, t- tell anyone who might be listening, who doesn't know you and doesn't yet follow you and hopefully they will by the end of this podcast, <laughs> a little bit more about, uh, about who you are, uh, not only how you got into the work, but some of the things that you enjoy doing outside of coaching. What, what makes you, you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Who am I? What, that's the question, right? It's, uh, it's, I I do love this question because, um, it's one of those questions that we often just throw out some simple identifiers, you know, those words I am, and then whatever come after it, Mm -hmm. be it huge or, 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 you know, tiny, seemingly insignificant. They're still part of of how we identify my experiences. Me and it's often around uh, where we're born, some of our genetics, you know, some of our, some of our stats. Mm-hmm. a job and things like that. And I've certainly been in that place, but I, I, I dive into this because it's a question that I spend time contemplating. And yeah. I also invite every man who comes into my orbit, let's say, certainly into my coaching to explore, you know, my coaching program, it's the first module. And it's really the first module is a kickstart because fundamentally we're working continually to explore that question, you know? Mm. So who I am as a guy who's very curious by nature about himself and the world around me. And uh, I, you know, enjoy all sorts of things. I'm a father of a coming up two year old. So there's this Mm. new mode of being in my life the last couple of years that is amazing and challenging and expansive and (laughs) continually new and Mm. I'm, I'm thriving in it and, and I love it. Um, and yeah, what else, man, I love a good coffee. Just come back from a cafe. So yeah, you, mm. you might have to fight to get some words in. Um, and you know, I'm someone who is incredibly, as I said, curious, I like to sit and explore and, and, and understand things. And I know that a lot of that for me is kind of born out of, you know, like my upbringing and, and being a kid who I moved around a lot as a kid. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was six turning seven, we moved towns to a new place and, and I had to go to a new school As some people if it happens to so many people a lot of people thrive in that situation for me I suppose I was I was a I was a kid who um 
was very outgoing in terms of I love to be outside and exploring, but I think I was also very safe. You know, like I, I kind of learned that from my parents um, mm. like my stability. So when we moved and I was seven, I go to this new school. It was fucking terrifying yeah. for me. And, yeah. and I think there's, there was, you know, like I went to this Catholic school and the teacher was this kind of like old school, you know, like kind of Catholic authoritarian. It wasn't very welcoming. And mm. to me, that was a pretty, um, I think like a significant experience. You know, I, I, I really went into my shell and that happened again. I moved like the next year and I, and I went to a lot of primary schools. And so even though I was very sporty and very athletic and, you know, I can look at this now as a rational adult. I never had problems making friends because I was just, oh, Mike's good at the sports. Cool. You, you're, you come with us. That always kind of happened. I yeah. still learned to really withdraw into myself quite a lot and, and observe and, and explore things and try and figure things out. Now that was, you know, it, I can look at it now and go, oh, I was trying to feel safer by knowing things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I love that now I'm someone who can really sit and explore and get curious about things, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't serving me, I would say, Johnny, for a large part of my life where, you know, I, I, I liked things to be just the way they were. And, you know, growing up as a, as a teenager and, and a young man in my early 20s, I was a pretty stubborn dude. You know, change was something that frightened me a lot. Yet I was still very curious about humans. So I went to university. I did a physical education degree, not through some grand plan, but like through kind of going to university going, I'm going to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to university, college, don't really know what I'm going to do. I have a level of intelligence. It's like, that feels like a no brainer, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, I did a physical education paper amongst many throw darts at the board. Yep, yep. And, and what I soon found was like, holy shit, the human body is really interesting. And I think like a lot of people who get into, uh, you know, work that involves working with humans, the body or the mind, it's often about figuring oneself out. And, mm. I, and, I, know, and I can see that now me and so i did my degree and this was a time in the early 2000s certainly in new zealand where once you if you wanted to become a personal trainer since you did a degree i got to the end of my degree and i was like oh, i suppose i'll become a personal trainer i don't want to do teaching and and so what i kind of went into the workforce with was this curiosity about the human body about mm. my body um, but very little understanding about what working with humans <laughs> might involve mm. and so i very quickly started to understand holy shit I'm really working with human behavior. This is the thing that's very, very challenging. And so, you know, my strengths kind of played to that in the sense of sitting back, figuring things out. How do I solve the problem for this person here? You know, I've right. got some information for them. And what I soon learned over time, this was in New Zealand, which is where I'm from. And then I soon moved over to the UK. I lived in Scotland and London uh, for a little while. Very similar environments, kind of in the city, you know, office workers, lawyers, bankers, accountants, these kind of things. And through slowly paying attention, um, not to the broader thing, but more, how do I solve the problem of this dude? Because it was mostly dudes that, that came to me. And, and I started to understand a few things. Hmm. There's something going on with this dude. He, he wants a physical change. But if I want that to change, I can give him the information. He doesn't really fucking do anything with it. Right. And that right. became infuriating, to be honest, you know, like, what the fuck? So I knew that it wasn't just a thing, right? There was something deeper. So I always had to get to what's the emotional thing that's driving this desire for physical change. So I just had to kind of follow that, that rabbit hole, really. Mm. And mm. Uh, over time, exploring that, and I'll be honest, you know, through my mid to almost to late 20s, it wasn't as though my, my aim here was like, be the best trainer. And I was just trying to solve the problem right in front of me. That, that mm -hmm. was really it. Then when I sat back, I was, had some pretty heavy things going on in my life and a lot of introspection, a lot of my own growth going on at the same time. Because, you know, when I'm figuring stuff out there in the world, really, it, it's so I can figure it out in here to totally. me, which I kind of knew at the time, but certainly a lot more now. I started to look at like, what am I doing? Mm. Like, wh what have I been doing? What have I become good at? And what do I really give a shit about? And I, and I really noticed, holy shit, it's generally always me. It's the same shit going on. There's this emotional thing. So we're not where we want to be physically. And we're not where we want to be mentally and emotionally. And also, if we want to do something about it, it's very challenging to try and start. Like, where the fuck do you start if you want to try and change? If you want to even try and do some physical change, you know, mm -hmm. lose weight. You can have any opinion on the internet if you choose to, to find it. So what I really explored was there's something going on with me in here. What is this? And then I also looked at like what I'd been doing. And that was like slowly without too much broader idea to it. I've been kind of working to solve these problems and get these guys to a place where they have done some change physically, but more so they're feeling more connected and more secure and more grounded 
and more at ease within themselves. Mm-hmm. Not because of the body, but the two things go along together. And so that's where mm-hmm. I really kind of looked at it. And I started exploring, you know, men's work and talking to psychologists and therapists and all, all this stuff and started to see what became clear to me, as it has for many, is there's something going on here with men. We're struggling with this idea of what it means to be a man. We're a bit lost here. We're a bit stuck. And I'm hearing this all the time <laughs> and myself previously and my clients, all these kind of things. The conversations were all around me. And so really it became this thing that I had to pay attention to which is, first of all, I can't keep training guys physically when I know there's something deeper there. It's disingenuous mm-hmm. of me to, to, to keep exploring this thing. And then two, I've been working on that other thing. So let's like double down on that yeah. and really explore that. And so that's kind of where I, I, I shifted my business. It was a fairly simple pivot because coaching behavior change was really what I was, had been doing for, for 10 years or so. Totally. Uh, totally. And, and that's where I kind of, yeah, you know, took the, took the safety floaties off and dove into the, the deep end of, you know, quote men's work and, and working with men and exploring what's going on, you know, certainly broadly for all of us, mm. but, you know, mm. within the man himself and, and helping him understand where are the blocks, what's going on, what's keeping me stuck and, and what's possible for me and actually facilitating that kind of, that kind of change and that kind of work. I love it. And I think that's, it's, uh, it's, it's actually similar to my own story, but I, I, I wonder, I mean, I know I have my own thoughts on it, but what are your thoughts, especially as you talk about uh, your childhood and that sort of thing. Mm. What is that relationship between safety and, and men feeling stuck? Cause I feel like there's a, there's a connection there. Yeah. Would you sure. say that there is? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, safety is, is one of those things, right? It's, it's absolutely foundational for humans, mm-hmm. you know, without, without safety, I'm in survival mode and I'm trying to create safety. Mm-hmm. And so you know, the most basic part of, of our being, of our brain is, is interested in survival. Yeah. Water, food, shelter, procreation, you know, the survival mm-hmm. of me and then of, you know, my, my bloodline, essentially. And so some of us explore and, and experience that level of living. Yeah. Um, but most of us, we're not in that place even if we might be struggling to pay the bills and all those kind of things, we still have a roof over our head and food. Maybe we could change the, the price of the food. You know, yeah. we're not really in that, that um, actual need for that level of safety. Yet we tend to be living in this place of clinging to trying to create safety and certainty and security often. And in, in the way that I see it, we're trying to create that or, or, or claim that from the world around us, from things, mm-hmm. relationships, jobs, money, you know, financial security is such a big fucking thing. Not that it's not important, but we seem to, I think, overweight it um, mm-hmm. in the hope to make up for my insecurities, for the lack of feeling safe within myself. And so what does that come down to? I mean, shit, man, it's a, it's a, it's a big old topic and there's lots in there. But the way I tend yeah. to look at it is, you know, like we've all got this little boy in us that somewhere in our life, growing up not maybe not one thing maybe many things small little things right a thousand cuts um as the saying goes create some kind of an unpleasant experience that we have a response and a reaction to that we go about creating a story a set of beliefs about ourselves and the world around us to try and prevent that and those things from happening again because that Mm. didn't feel safe often Mm. at the center of that is a feeling or a set of feelings that we try and avoid for, for forever until we explore it and so what we'll often do is anything that kind of touches on that or, or, or pushes that or threatens that semblance of safety even though it's often not serving me and how it shows up in my life so from for my own example right this this idea of stability um really manifest and and the cling for stability and you know quote feeling safe was this idea of I don't want things to change because that doesn't feel safe to me. It's pushing up on that. So anything that invited me into growth into change, into expansion, into something different. And this manifested Johnny in the most fucking mundane of ways, like different types of foods. You know, it's so fussy eaters, they're common, but that was one of the ways in which this manifested for me. I did not want to try anything. I could tell you I didn't like something, even though I'd never fucking tried it. Because for me, Mm. it was this idea of safety. It was pulling me out of what was known and familiar. Mm. And so I became this very stubborn person. Right? And I could rationalize with the best of them why things didn't need to change and I shouldn't move and all that kind of stuff. All that was doing was keeping me in one place. The human experience is change. That doesn't mean we have to be you know, constantly in a place of instability and change, but we have mm-hmm. to accept that 
human experience is about change and growth. So how do I move with this and learn to step into those, those edges that come? So at the center of me was this little boy who was just still terrified of the idea of change because it was unsettling, it was, it was unstable. And ultimately, it took me back to that feeling and I can fucking still take myself there right now, boom. It's kind of visceral feeling of standing outside the school as a seven-year-old, terrified. My mother, poor mom, you know, if you go into mythology, there's a lot in there, but having to take me into the classroom, me running back out in tears, having to still take me in, like that feeling I, I tried to avoid well into my, you know, mid to late 20s, mm. fundamentally, because anything that touched on it, that, that, that invited me forward, that challenged it, that pushed on it, didn't feel safe. Now, you could say, well, okay, and like, why, okay, why bother? Can't you stay there? You can, but to your point, that by definition is being stuck. You know, stubbornness and obstinacy is about not moving. And so that by default is stuck. Now that's not the same, you know, mechanisms and, and manifestations and so on for everyone, but, but um, that cling to the idea of safety is keeping me in one place, right? Something might not be working for me or serving me in any way, shape or form, but I cling to it because it feels familiar and familiarity feels safe, but often it's not. I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of men that I, that I talk to and have conversations about, about uh, their people pleasing or nice guy behavior. Mm. I remember uh, reading one of your posts relatively recently about um, how, you know, attempting to be safe leads us into, you know, ultimately being out of integrity with ourselves, like the people pleasing and the nice guy behavior mm. and lack of boundaries and which ultimately still brings us further into unsafety like if you're not in alignment or in integrity you're still actually feeling unsafe all the time which might just keep yeah. perpetuating more of the the behavior that you think is going to bring safety but it takes you even further and further out of, out of integrity would you say yeah I, absolutely you know if, yeah. if i'm trying if i'm if i'm terrified of conflict that doesn't feel safe and right. so I, I, I will try and avoid conflict like the plague because mm. that feels safe no conflict mm. but i'm quite likely consistently abandoning myself in order to create a sense of safety externally. Yeah. And so that means cool. I'm not safe. You can't lean on me. You can't depend on me because I'll just bend and fold at the, at the slightest piece of pressure. Yep. So one, I don't feel safe in myself. And the more I cling for it out there in the world, right? What I chase evades me. And of course it means no one, if they're looking like really looking and paying attention, will see a man who is safe. Mm. Is that a man I can lean on? Is there strength there? You know, and, and integrity is such a big fucking thing for me. And I think we really struggle with it, the idea of it a lot. But if something is lacking integrity, then it, it creates a weakness in the structure. That, that's just like integrity 101. If we want to think about a building, right? It's a weakness in the structure. Right. And so a lack of integrity in me is a weakness in who I am. And that's not a judgment. Like it's an objective fact. It's a weakness. And so that doesn't mean I become this obstinate being, you know, speaking to my, my earlier years of just being immovable because that's not it either. If you think about uh, very tall buildings, I would say anywhere in the world, but let's look at cities like Chicago, very windy, uh, Tokyo, very earthquakey. <laughs> right. Earthquakey. Yeah, earthquakey. Those very tall buildings, they're fucking tall. They need to be very, very strong. The foundations, the steel, all that stuff. It's got to be able to handle all the weight upon it. It has to be very, very strong. But high winds hit at a much higher speed, higher up. It needs to be able to handle the wind. There's got to be a bit of bend and flex. Tokyo, you know, the buildings often have these kind of mechanisms. Sometimes they have these giant rollers. They have to be able to handle the fucking earth moving. Like they have to be so strong and flexible. So integrity isn't just being, you know, rigid and immovable because that's creates brittleness right like it break and so for, for us we have to be able to bend and flex uh, etc when it comes to you know inter inter uh, personal relationships you know people pleasing versus saying no often i see for for, for a lot of guys johnny we, we get into this idea of black or white it's it's one or the other it's all or nothing you know like the nice guy the people pleaser he does everything he bends he folds he, he's got no fucking spine or backbone and he thinks well the alternative is what that i'm just an arsehole and I just help people to fuck off. What? Hey, it's the other end of the spectrum. That isn't a different fucking area code. There's communicating boundaries with respect. You know, there's being strong but flexible. 
So, and, and we play that out in a lot of areas of life. So there's this idea coming back to the idea of safety. I will stick with those things that feel safe and familiar because familiarity feels like safety. But like for me, this is where I, I man, I don't know the origins of this. Maybe I need to look into it. It's probably something biblical, but um, the idea of the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Well, we, we will stick with that shit that is the devil we know. The word's in there. You know it. So you know it is, quote, the devil. You know it is fucking shit and it's not working for you and it's costing you and all this kind of stuff. It feels familiar because the devil you don't know. So in that is you actually you don't actually know it's the devil. But we're creating an idea that it's the devil because it's unfamiliar. It's the unknown. It doesn't feel safe. So I, so I cling to this thing that I've already become aware is, quote, the devil for me. Growth and expansion asks me to step into that thing that pushes on the safety. Because in there, that's that little boy who doesn't want his sense of safety and stability, you know, threatened. Because this feels wildly unfamiliar. I don't feel safe there, right? Now, of course, how we start to build that is the adult man goes, you know what? I see and I hear all of that stuff and, and maybe all that shit from my past. And you know what? I think we can handle this. Let's step towards it and I'll show you. And the more you step, the more you become competent. The more you become competent, the safer, the more confident you feel, the more self-trust you have. I can handle what comes. Which I feel like is, is a big part of what I kind of promote in terms of the whole becoming king's mm. uh, metaphor in my mind. is like, you know, to be able to, to lead uh, and become a king of your own kingdoms, if you will. And you've got to be able mm -hmm. to be in integrity. And I talk a lot about that mm. in my book as well, which is like just being in integrity with your word and how often we break our word, uh, lie to ourselves, et cetera, mm. et cetera, you know, uh, and how that has a, a huge uh, implication, obviously, on our intimate relationships with our spouses, our significant others, our kids, you know, that uh, has a ripple effect, of course, right? So, yeah, <laughs> I think it's so, uh, so pertinent and so relevant to. But to that point, stage. right? Like, it can be very easy to maybe dismiss those little things, but you just said some perfect language there, Johnny, the ripple effect, right? When you drop a tiny little stone into a pond, it might not look like much, but it ripples and it ripples and it ripples and it ripples. And we often don't pay attention to those ripples, but we see and feel and experience and so do those around us the consequences. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's, uh, well, uh, I can see the ripple effect, not only in my own life, but also the mm -hmm. ripple effect from previous generations. And so a lot of times mm -hmm. I feel like men that I work with are dealing with ripple effects from, you know, horrible behavior from great grandfather, right. Or probably mm -hmm. lineage and generations that we don't even know. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. a lot of that is uh, why it's such a challenge for, for, a lot of men in this day and age, which is because we're, we're really attempting to stop some generational bullshit, you know, that's been going on for a long time and making a lot of people feel mm. unsafe in this to coexist in this world. You know, I feel like uh, as mm. men continue to do the work, it's making it a safer place, not only for men, because I'm scared of men a lot of times, too, but uh, especially for women and children, you know, so mm. I think it's, uh, it's no better, better time than now, obviously, to, to do the work. Absolutely. And, you know, it's such a, it's an interesting and often, mm, I was going to say confusing, maybe that's not the, the, the word, but safety is one of those things that, you know, it can seem, and, and I think this is part of the challenge for what I mean, is it's just been this one very simple approach, narrow track idea of safety is, you know, more money. So we're quote safe, right? It comes back to the survival piece, more muscles and more strength you know, and depending on where you live in the world, certainly in America, by and large, you know, more guns and more willingness to, to quote, protect your house from these boogeymen. Now, that's not to say that, you know, there's not people out there doing stupid and horrible shit. There are. But safety isn't just can I keep the people around my immediate self safe from harm? It is those things. But are you safe within yourself? Can you sit in your pain? in your discomfort can you sit in the presence of your partner's discomfort without trying to fix yeah. it or, or wriggle away from it or or, or or make it your problem or you know make it that she's wrong or you know any number of things so safety is something that we get to explore um and expand the idea and, and definition of and kind of the manifestation of mm. well i think that's uh, relevant in my own life I, I continue to do my own work and and more recently over the last probably couple of years uh doing like inner child work is realizing mm. how even though I never would have thought that my 
upbringing would be unsafe. I was like, no, mm. it's totally safe, you know, mm. and, and gratefully I wasn't uh, sexually or physically abused. But the more I really mm-hmm. got into it, the more I thought, you know, because my mom was raising me and four other siblings, she was always kind of exhausted and, and on like thin ice or at the end of a rope, whatever metaphor you want to use. Mm. I never actually felt safe to be able to be fully emotional. Uh, I felt like I had this pressure to hold space for her because mm. my dad's a workaholic and he wasn't around. And I don't think he really held space emotionally for her. So a big part of that for me was again, mm. catering to that people pleasing and nice guy and make mommy happy. Uh, yeah. but I could never, you know, didn't cry. didn't want to lose it. Cause I, that might mean her losing it, you know? Um, and you think and, about how much of a weight that is to take on. And, and again, yeah. look, it's an important point that you say it wasn't, you know, physical, emotional abuse. Some of the really fucking objectively, holy shit, traumatic stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. for you, man, what a weight to take on board. Basically I'm in charge of mum's feelings. Yeah. Oh, that's heavy. And, yeah. and I love that you shared that because hopefully, you know, listeners can get from my own story before. And of course there's always more details, but like, eh, fucking change schools. Objectively, that's not much. Right. Right. It's not a big thing really, but for me it was. And that's, what's important. The moment I say other people had some really bad shit. And so I should just fucking move on and, and, mm. and be blessed, you know, because I had a lovely upbringing. I had all the support, you know, there's loving family parents that are, and no one escapes childhood and life <laughs> without shit. Yeah. Right. And so right. it just becomes relative to the lens from, from which you viewed it. Right. Totally. And so there's something there. And, totally. and that doesn't mean by the way, that we need to like obsess about our childhood and finding these things. But I would say, if we look back, if, certainly if we're at a point right now, where there's a little bit of confusion, frustration, feeling stuck, lost, you know, there's, there's some blocks. I'm not doing the things I want to do. I don't know what I want to do, you know? Probably, probably there's a few clues as to why you are now the way you are. And maybe in there, we can kind of, you know, get the fucking shovel and and, and dig away at some of those roots so they don't keep anchoring us um, back into those behavior patterns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that's definitely true. And and I think for for years, excuse me, and a lot of guys that I talk to, they compare themselves, right? There's a lot of judgment two other men that have a lot of, let's say, toxic abuse going on in their lives. And they Mm -hmm. don't realize that they maybe have a little bit more of this like acute where they can't even pinpoint something, but just little by little, little, like just holding Mm -hmm. space for my mom ultimately led me into being that people pleaser that certainly did not work in my first marriage, you know, (laughs) and had a massive impact on kind of Mm -hmm. waking me up. Eventually I had, I had to go through a divorce for me to be like, okay, the man I've been uh, or created up to this point, doesn't work. And in fact, I don't mm. like him either, you know, mm. so that started the, the, the catalyst for massive change. Right. But some guys, they're still kind of skating through life, just playing safe, but then wondering why they're still numb or they're just sedating themselves through porn or through, you know, Netflix or games or whatever. Right. And mm. so it's almost like they're waiting for something massive to happen in their life for them to fully change. But I think that's the, the question that I often get that I want to pose to you is like, whether you feel like you're a complete fuck up or you're totally broken or you have like, it's almost like, uh, you know, the, how they say that the enemy to, to, to great is good. It's like good enough. Like my life is pretty good and got a good job. And my relationship with my woman's pretty decent or my partner. And, but there's nothing huge. that's really pushing guys to change. Right. Mm. So how do you end up working with a client where life is just kind of vanilla? They're really not happy but they're not so unhappy. Obviously if they're hiring you, then they're, they're willing to do something. Right. But like, yeah. versus a major divorce, Maybe. right. Or a death and family or something cataclysmic. Yeah. Right? Some kind of, you know, quote rock bottom. Right? right. I think that's a term that we, we use a lot. And, you know, we, we get a lot of ideas about life these days, unfortunately, from what we see and we see around us um, in our lives and our, and our families growing up in our communities and our cultures, et cetera. And we see so much in popular culture. Yeah, we do. And so yeah. what's often represented for our journey, right. Is what we see in popular culture, which is often some kind of a rock bottom. Something's yeah. got to get really bad. And I, and I think there's a lot in that, you know, we have this idea that I need to be this all capable, you know, I need to be able to handle and sort and do everything for everyone. And whew, with ease, with skill, mm-hmm. you know, never show weakness, never show even like I'm sweating, you know, like I need to be. And so 
if anything is going on in me, certainly don't fucking show that. And often I'll distract myself from that by trying to fix and, and solve and do everything for everyone else. I'll help you to change, but I might not explore that myself. Right. And so the idea that I can work myself, I need to work on myself, maybe I need some support, challenges massively your identity that, mm-hmm. you know, I need to be this fucking superhuman, basically. Right. right? right. Um, and so I won't allow myself to even explore the idea that some workers needed and so i just need to bear it i just need to bear it i just need to bear it swallow it push on swallow it push on mm-hmm. so for a lot of men that i think is the first hurdle we don't allow ourselves to even explore the idea that we might be human mm. Mm. ain't that the truth well you mentioned that uh in Sorry, that first the window <laughs> no it's all good in that uh i couldn't hear anything so it's all good um <laughs> Like, the dude with his weed whacker out the back there <laughs> yeah i wonder yeah exactly i was gonna say uh that that very first module you said in your program um mm. is kind of focusing on identity right uh mm. if i understood you correctly like who who is yeah. who, who am i who am right I? who am i what else do you start going into in module two three four if you don't mind kind of elaborating well i mean essentially we're, we're exploring that question really okay. but we're, yeah. but we're you know taking different avenues and so on in but you know to the earlier point well how do we get there first yeah right and, and, you know, rock bottom. So, so what comes next often is this idea, well, it needs to be really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Because then I can admit to myself or to others, okay, now it's, it's <laughs> yeah. so big that yeah. now I, I have to do something about it. Right. Now it's right. okay, right? I only give myself permission to do something about it when it's at a point where it's so big. And mm-hmm. then I potentially can't be judged that I'm weak, that I couldn't do it, that I wasn't capable. There's a big, big block. Mm. So I think one of the things that actually stops us even starting is being okay with, you know, to my point earlier, like being human, but also allowing ourselves to want for more regardless of where we are now, more, better, and not needing to be at a place where my back is against the wall. And so my only option is to to go forward. And so, you know, we often look at, um, to the point earlier, the devil I know versus the devil I don't. Mm-hmm. so then the idea of change is often terrifying what it's going to ask of me what it's going to invite me to explore all the, the shit that i've you know what it's going to keep it hidden in that closet behind me there and just hope it i don't have to address it but if it's in there it's pulling the strings mm-hmm. so i build up the idea of change to be this terrible big thing and it makes it easier to accept where i am the pain i'm suffering the discomfort the shit that just isn't working that i don't want that's eh, good you know and i rationalize yeah. it's good right? It's okay. As you said, Mm. no one's saying you have to do anything, but pay attention to where you are, you know, to your point, Johnny, being perhaps a little bit dishonest with yourself. Like, is it good? Or are you convincing yourself it's good enough so that you don't have to face doing something about it? it. Yes. Yeah. And so we will only really change when what we're experiencing, the devil we know, becomes bigger than the idea of the devil I don't. Right. And so one, Talk to people about it. We are the worst people at, at seeing our, our shit through rose-tinted lenses. Yes. Right? So find somewhere where you feel safe to explore these things and explore it. Hey, this is what I'm experiencing. Can you repeat back to me what you're hearing? In your own words. You know, and then like, oh, shit, that sounds, hmm, I wasn't, okay, I didn't notice that. But we have to mm. feel safe to do that. Yeah. Right. A, a friend, a brother, someone where you feel safe that you can explore these things without fear of judgment, repercussions, wounding, attack, all this kind of shit that we um, that we fear. Yeah. And, and that is so important because otherwise we won't and we don't. And so we will keep accepting so so. And yeah. you, you obviously see it a lot and, and have potentially by the sound of it experienced it, you know, yeah. through yeah. a lot of your life into a marriage. Me too. Man, that's one of the most common experiences or, 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 or situations or feelings that I hear from me. Like things are okay. They're not great. Yeah. You know, you look at it from the outside and they look good. You know, you might look at my life on the outside and then I could just rattle off like every dude says something like this, you know. <laughs> it looks good on paper. It looks good on the outside. But on the inside, it's fill in the blanks. It's not so great to, to, yeah. to give a simple term. So, okay, what do you want? And often we haven't even allowed ourselves to explore that because it would confront, oh shit, then I need to do something about it. Then I need to 
all to that previous point admit that there's something not working for me that i want for more that i haven't been able to get that or understand that or create that myself does it mean there's something wrong with me all that kind of stuff you know so many men are, are terrified of being wrong there's something wrong with me right because it means fundamentally you know eh, i'm not worthy of belonging i don't belong all this kind of stuff often sits at the base of it so mm-hmm. how do we change is first being willing to you know what i think there's some shit that's not working and i want to explore more and i'm going to give myself permission to let go of the idea that that means there's something wrong with me mm. and simply know that there's growth for me i feel like that's an easier task to take on totally so then it's like okay cool well, let's actually figure out who you are like how have you got to this point what set of beliefs and behaviors and patterns are you and how and why that mm-hmm. really is the starting point and so if i think of it like this you imagine your life is a jigsaw puzzle a very very complex jigsaw puzzle yeah a million pieces let's say what i see for a lot of men is that we don't really have a clear picture of what we're building often we've got an idea of the picture maybe we've borrowed that idea Maybe that idea has come down from our family, community, society. Here's what a good picture looks like. Yeah. Earn good money. Status. You know, provide, protect, procreate, all, mm-hmm. all those things. And they are external views of and therefore mm-hmm. validators of. Get the, the partner, the family, the picket fence, the more financial security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bigger muscles, bigger cock, like all the things. Yep. Hmm. And I look at it and go, oh, shit. This is good. It's not great. Yeah, because it's not yours. So we don't have this clear picture of what we want. Understandably, because we don't really learn how to build out our own picture of who you want to be and what you want for your life. And yeah. then we're missing most of the pieces. You know, if you, right. if you, were, I'm not a, a, a jigsaw puzzle geek, but I'm assuming you probably want like at, at, at professional jigsaw puzzlers, let's say they probably have a table in their house. It's big and it's got room sure. for all the pieces. We're missing most of the pieces. And so here we are trying to create a picture that's more meaningful, that feels more great, but we also don't have most of the pieces, but we become very good at learning. Here's how you make it look like you're making progress. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. Being busy, being, you know, busy, 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 and I'm good. And yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Just push on. Yeah, I'm fine. Right. He's productive. Achieve, 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 achieve. But if they're not meaningful, if I'm continually living for the future, I'm never in the present. And so what that looks like in the jigsaw puzzle analogy is I become very good at grabbing a piece and bring it to the table and, you know, making it work or making it look like I'm getting somewhere. But Mm -hmm. I can't really get anywhere if I don't have a clear picture and I'm missing half the pieces. Mm. Now, remember, this jigsaw puzzle is you. So first of all, we've got to do two things. We need to get clear on the picture and we're going to get all the pieces. It doesn't matter what strategy you Google about putting together the dopest fucking jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. You know, morning routines, fitness, success in business. It doesn't matter what the strategy is. If you give me the 10 top tips for putting together a jigsaw puzzle, but I don't have a clear picture and I'm missing half the pieces, it's going nowhere meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I've got to build a picture and I've got to get all the pieces on the table. Then I know what I'm dealing with then the strategy works. Mm-hmm. So that's where we start. We've got to get all the pieces on the table. With that, we can actually start to get an idea of what's the picture that I've kind of been working towards. Is that aligned with what I want? What's the picture I want? Okay, now I can go about doing it. Mm-hmm. So in that, who am I? It's really actually starting to explore self-awareness mm-hmm. in a nutshell. And I'll mm-hmm. say that again for the Americans here. Self-awareness, because I understand that my Kiwi accent sometimes rolls that together and people have no <laughs> fucking idea what I just said. So, so really, that's about exploring you. But let's make yeah. sense of who is Johnny King? How have you got to this point? You know, as I said, what are your collection of beliefs and stories and narratives and behaviors and patterns? And how have you got to this point and, and why? Hmm. In there, we're starting to get all the pieces. <sighs> Bring clarity. When I have hmm. clarity, one, I can be grounded because I'm not continually looking out into the world for a semblance of clarity. And maybe purpose, because those same guys that you're talking about are often going, I need purpose. It's like, well, you don't even know who the fuck you are yet. So, you know, let's not run before we can walk. And then we can start to get clear on the picture. 
And so there's, there's, you know, in my work, there's a bit to that, but I think we want to simplify where possible. So that, so that's where we start really. Let's understand you. And then we'll start to see what isn't you. Oh, fuck. That's, you know, to your point earlier, like generations often, like what have I inherited from those who came before me? This idea, you know, like in my immediate situation, financial security via owning a home is that my dad's number one. Great. I understand that financial security is important, but I also have to understand on a greater depth. Like, what does that look like for me? What does it mean? What does it provide? How else do I provide security? You know, so that was an old belief system that I had to fucking chip away at because that was part of my dad's picture. Certainly the definition and the vision of it, right? What it looks like for me is different. I got to take ownership of that. So it all comes into that stuff there. Well, no, I love it. And, and uh, kind of started having a, not necessarily an aha, but I feel like the it's just really starting to become even more clear to me how important, to your point, <clears throat> if a man doesn't know what he's building, if he doesn't have a mm-hmm. vision of, uh, of that, then he, he almost doesn't even know if he has all the pieces or not, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're doing jigsaw puzzles, my mom used to love them before she passed away. And I still enjoy doing them on the holidays and kind of in her honor. It's like, what do you have to have? to be able to work on it is you have to have the the box. You have to have the the Mm. picture that you're looking, you're using as a reference. Right. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and and with older jigsaw puzzles of my mom's, you might get to the point where you're like, you know what, (laughs) well, we're missing some pieces only because we put it together using a clear image of what we're building. Right. Mm. And then realizing, Oh, we're, we're actually missing a couple, you know? And so I think that that to me is, is so poignant because uh, myself included at times, I'm kind of like, what, what am I doing this for? Or like, yeah, of what course. am I building? It's not only like, what am I building, but why am I doing it? Right. Yeah. And I think, so let's, let's continue the analogy here. Cause I think this yeah. works. It's good. And also me and the masculine, you know, by nature, we're very narrow focused, very task orientated. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, hopefully we, we learn to kind of be able to explore, you know, narrow focus, broad view. Yeah. And, and we need those two things. And so if you come to the idea of, you know, achieve a task or apply ourselves to a task to achieve a result, this is a very masculine mode of being, man, we can really, you know, if you're looking through life, uh, looking at life through a straw, whew, you can focus in on that thing and you miss mm-hmm. everything outside of it. Mm-hmm. And so if you get into the task of building out your, your jigsaw puzzle, like when you say a word 40 times, it's like, fuck that word feels weird. Is that a word? Is that the word? Have I got the word right? You know, if you imagine, if you focus in and, and for the listener, you know, like I've got a straw and I'm looking at the picture, the jigsaw puzzle that I'm building yeah. and I focus and I focus and I focus and I focus and I focus, possibly that piece that I'm focused on comes out of focus a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I'm often, I'm missing the, the, the broader picture. Mm-hmm. So at times we need to be able to pull back and connect back into what am I building and why, and understand that I get there faster Let's just say we can explore that word if we need to. When it's not just my vision. Mm-hmm. When other people can see and go, Johnny, you're missing this part over here. Mm. You know, and, and for me, and we need that. I don't build a kingdom by myself. Who the fuck do I think I am to think I build mm-hmm. a kingdom by myself? Mm-hmm. I need people who can support me, who I can bounce ideas off, who can see what I can't see. Perhaps when I get too focused in on something. Or I'm so focused on, you know, building out the picture in terms of what it looks like that I'm not fucking building it. You know, I need someone to call me into action. Hmm. So we don't just build a jigsaw puzzle together and, and it needs that, you know, different views and perspectives. And if you thought about this and you, you might be missing this and the ability to pull back as well, apply and pull back, apply and pull back. Oh, I love that. Like you said, it's kind of the, the balance between the monofocus, like you said, looking through a straw and having hmm. the wide angle view, which again, to me, I still think about like as the, the balance of masculine and feminine mm. you know uh i feel mm. like the feminine is very wide wide angled and the masculine is very much like i'm gonna solve this or fix this you know yeah and for a lot of me and that we we get into that single task mode yeah for decades you know sometimes yeah. Yeah. 10 20 yeah. 30 years you know yeah. like boom i'm 45 i've been doing that since i started my career yes and here is in the long along the way, I've got a partner and children, you know, and and my my partner is wanting me to to, to lean back for many reasons, probably to let her in on the or let them in on on what you're applying yourself to, mm-hmm. right? But also so that you can enjoy the mm-hmm. building. 
because you might build a kingdom mm. and then you get to 50 and there's no one there. Mm. Because building a kingdom isn't just laying every fucking brick. Because of course you can't build a kingdom by yourself and you can't only yeah. be building it, yeah. right? Or you'll work yeah. yourself into it. An early growth. And I think that's what I see for a lot of guys. There's this idea that I need to be busy. I need to be applying. I need to be building. I need to be applying. And, 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 and I can't even enjoy it. Mm. And so where that mode takes you is to the ultimate rest, which is under the ground, six feet. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or a life that's been unfulfilled, unlived, mm. unexperienced. Yeah. Right? What the hell was I doing and why? Completed the jigsaw puzzle, but didn't, didn't enjoy it. You know, I just was excited that when I finish it, then I'll be happy or then I'll be successful mm. or like, it's just exactly. All, uh, yeah. That's lie. beautiful. But, but most of the beauty is in the journey. Yeah. 100%. Right. And, and maybe this extends either way, we can pull it back. Of course, most of it is about who I become in the process. Right. And that's right. really an important part for us to connect into. Right. Cause as your point, if I'm just focused on the, the end point, you know, I love this. I'm, I'm not going to get it, but I think it's a quote from Alan Watts where he talks about, you know, if you think about life, like a piece of music, the idea is not to get to the end. You don't listen to music just to get to the end. No, you listen to the music because it's music. Good to experience it. Yeah. Dance, sing, play, be it in the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's something like that, but I love the idea of it. Right. Oh, and, and, you know, to, to, to bring this back in for, for a lot of guys who might be struggling with that idea of nuance, because this stuff really asks us to play in the gray a bit more, yes, I think. Yes, but when yes. we become more skilled at it, more willing to, I think, let's insert a, a, a cheesy line, life can become more colorful. Right. And so that doesn't mean that I then just have no plans and no responsibilities and I'm not building anything. You know, I'm just going to go with the flow. That's this other guy. I'm just going to go with the flow. You've got no structure. Where, what are you, where are you going right so yeah. it, it's both and you know it's that it's that flow between and it really asks us to 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 explore both have some structure have some like know where you're going and why mm-hmm. and then enjoy the process along the way mm-hmm. which for for you and i as being athletes i think about it as when i was growing up learning how to play basketball baseball soccer all mm-hmm. the sports i wasn't like uh desperate to to get to to be a professional. I just was enjoying playing. But now as an adult, yeah. I feel like uh, a lot of times the approach is like, well, I'm not going to attempt to start learning how to play a new sport unless I can be a, a, a pro right away. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and, I, and if I were to try to teach a four-year-old the nuances of how to, you know, get your hands just right to hold a baseball bat, like wouldn't be able to have the capacity to, to understand <laughs> yeah. that. Right. So guys also, I feel like need to give themselves grace to realize that. Oh yeah this personal growth journey, you know, of, mm. of, like you said, kind of starting off with your first module of like, who am I, you know, mm. and who am I committed to becoming is mm. there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of like layers to that and you can get overwhelmed with it pretty quickly, which is why I like your stuff because I do feel like you take things that are really kind of potentially nuanced or really difficult to understand and you unpack it down to very kind of like easily digestible bits, you know? Um, and I think that's a big part that's of the plan. men's journey. Well, you're doing it. I think you're doing but it. I think you've had a, a big point there, Johnny, this overwhelm. Yeah. You know, like I need to do all the things. Yeah. You know, that can be fucking overwhelming. And we do that as men. We build up the mountain to be this giant yeah. thing. And yeah. we often, you know, have this idea that, yeah, sitting and not being good at something says something about me mm-hmm. <laughs> and who I am, you know. And we've got to be able to let go of that. Like the beginner's mindset is beautiful. Yeah, because it invites me to be imperfect and to grow and to learn because the four-year-old picks up the bat and plays with it and they learn as they go. Yeah. And so often we, we see this mountain, we build it up, the devil we don't know. And we have this idea that I need to climb it in one go. I got to take a running leap and climb it. And mm. that happens in many ways, even just go to the physical, you know, I want to drop, you know, 20 pounds in five weeks. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Do you want to feel healthier and more vibrant? There's something we can connect to, mm. but if I run and take a jump at the, the mountain, what do I do? I don't climb it. Yeah. I slide to the bottom and I'm exactly where I started again. Climbing mm-hmm. a mountain is not sexy. It's one step after the other. Right. Often you need, you know, a team, Sherpas, people around you to support you, carry your bags. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there's so much to that. And so that is that grace. Yeah. But one of the things that a lot of guys back to this idea of all or nothing, I see struggle with is if I'm not super hard on myself and like, I need to climb the mountain in one go, then I'm just lazy and I'm going to let myself away with everything. And yeah. you, you quite possibly will, because we are 
generally speaking, our worst fucking nightmares when it comes to rationalizations and justifications and excuses, which is why we need people who can keep us honest, who can invite us into action, who can, you know, provide uh, accountability. So Mm -hmm. it needs that grace. And one of the ways in which we become more accountable to ourselves is via the accountability that we get from others. It shows us the way and it helps us build patterns and consistencies and, and competencies and things that we, you know, are more of a beginner at. And then we don't need that anymore. And there's a new level and, and away we go. So that grace is, is very important and patience and consistency mm-hmm. and not having to do all the things at yeah. once. You know, yeah. ultimately, who am I? For me, is a question about how do I become more of me? And so whilst we might get overwhelmed in the work because it can feel fucking daunting, you know, like, for example, any number of things. But as you said before, like this idea of inter- intergenerational trauma, the shit from my, you yes. know, Yes. The people before me, I can't even understand my shit. How the fuck do I understand my great grandfather's <laughs> shit? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can look at what I, what I, what have I maybe inherited in terms of modes of being and all that. But but at any moment, overwhelm is asking me to simplify and bring clarity. And so if I am working to become more of myself, I like I think instantly there's an answer there. I I always have an opportunity in front of me. Okay, what does that ask of me in this very moment? Can I, can I let all that stuff go for a moment? What is this inviting me to now? And that probably needs, if you haven't got that yet, some baseline pieces of awareness. You know, like, what do you value? What is really important to you? Mm-hmm. What helps, you know, be the compass to guide you in your life? Go back to that. And if you haven't got mm-hmm. that yet, find some support that can help you get clarity on that. Simplify. I do feel like that uh, without that piece, you could continue to pursue various things and not really know what makes you happy. It's, that comes down. The, the values mm. piece obviously is what I think ties into making sure that you live a fulfilled life, you know? Mm. Um, but, but again, even like you're in Colorado, like if you're hiking one of these 14ers uh, and you're only staring at the top, it's really hard to see that you're making progress. You know, you have to turn around, take in the whole view of how far you've come you know, mm. which, which gives perspective, like, okay, I'm, I still feel like I've got a long way to go, but like, man, look how beautiful. And it gets, the view gets better and better as you get up there. Right. And it really mm. is part mm. of, there's so many um, metaphors that I, that I experience when I feel like when I'm hiking out here in the, in the Colorado wilderness, but I think so much of it is true, yeah. you know? Yeah. And if it's a, if it's a mountain you've never climbed before, then you can probably find a way and maybe there'll be accolades if you find mm. the way by yourself. You know, I guarantee you there's not a medal at the end of life for the guy who did that the most. But we also climb those things more effectively when we have guides who know it, who can, you know, say, hey, it might look like the shortest path is here, but this is the path, you know, that is most effective, whatever. Or there's a view around here that you don't know, right? And so so guides, people around us, and of course, sharing the experience of climbing the mountain slash living our lives is also very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I, I feel like obviously we could continue uh, and I would love to obviously have you back on the podcast and go for part two and part three and <laughs> et cetera. But uh, I do feel like it, I would not be where I am today without coaches like you to help guide me. Cause again, I can be so hard on myself to your point. Um, and mm-hmm. thinking that's the only way to motivate myself is to be really, really, you know, challenging and forceful and, and uh, you know, mean to myself, but I I've learned mm. that through grace, I'm actually more motivated, you know, but, mm. uh, a big part of that for me too. And whether we're talking about relationships or, uh, you know, finances or mm. sports is I've always had, you know, to those coaches that have been really good have really made the most significant change in my life. So given yeah, and that, sometimes it's also just those people that aren't necessarily coaches, you know, but they, they're people who are willing to sit with you yeah amen and 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 be honest with you and give you feedback and celebrate you you know and challenge you and and they can take on any any form yeah right like you said uh not only coaches but like a brotherhood uh Mm. you know significant other spouse we possibly Uh, have those men and this is a challenge i see for a lot of men you might see this too johnny maybe you experienced it right we have not every man has men around them correct some guys have no men no man and so my Mm -hmm. invitation is like okay brother well you got to find them you really do and they are everywhere. There are men everywhere, literally over the planet, <laughs> looking for depth and connection and friendship and brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a little bit of risk of rejection 
to create the thing. So you get to step into that. But also a lot of us have friendships, but they may be old. And so we have an idea of that friendship looks like this and it lives in that little box. Maybe some of those friends, not all, are also wanting some depth and some connection and some growth. So have the conversation. If you feel safe with them, if there's this loyalty that we think we have, have the conversation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be earth shattering, but it could be one simple conversation over a period of time. But we often have men there. Mm. But we get to change perhaps the the, the, the slightly, you know, the dynamic yeah, of yeah. the relationship. Um, and so it doesn't have to be something I need a lot of money for or earth shattering. It can be something that's right in front of me. Yeah. But I might need to create that and not yeah. just wait for everyone else to ask me into it. Right, right. I think that's a, a really valid point. And, and I think uh, having guys that you can bounce ideas off of you know uh just having that support is so huge because i do feel like a ton of guys feel like they're lonely and they're out there by themselves and that they're the only ones that are broke you know Um, yeah and and you know what most of those guys do i'm lonely but i need to be a lone wolf uh it's just going to keep fucking perpetuating itself stop trying to be a lone wolf or you'll always be lonely or alone Exactly. And, and neither one really is all that fulfilling, right? Or, or uh, makes for a, a fulfilled or embodied life. So uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. I, I Like I said, I, I want to keep talking, but just for the sake of uh, your time and those that are listening, if they were to uh, want to di- dive into your, your program, tell us a little bit more about the program and how they can find it and a little bit more about your coaching or anything else that you're putting out there. Yeah. So, you know, I have a few many self-led courses and so on. Um, you know, the Better Partner Project is, is a accelerated course for men in relationships, but the Everyday Legends Academy is my, my major uh, coaching program, a virtual group coaching program for men. We have men of, of all walks of life and, and, and across the globe, but fundamentally it's a place for men to step into this idea that I um, like to explore of the Everyday Legend, a, a term that I've kind of formed um, out of something I, you know, I borrowed a little bit. Um, the ancient Greeks had this term Zeus energy. And, you know, when I read that first in uh, Iron John, it really connected for me. It was this idea that in, incorporated intelligence, you know, an openness and curious mind, robust health, goodwill, compassionate decisiveness, and generous leadership. And, and for me, that's something that I, I, I look to embody. And I feel it's something that every man can strive for and make his own because it, it, it doesn't say this is exactly this thing that you need to be but it's something that there, there are attributes that we can embody that allow me to be you know my my true authentic self without trying to pigeon every man needs to be this one simple um look or appearance you know the 50s right. man right. the sensitive new age guy it's who you are um but the embodiment of of those things for yourself mm. and for others mm. and so for me that's kind of the secret little mission that it's not so secret in the community and that for, that for me is, is what the work is about yeah mm. Mm. so you can find me anywhere mikecampbell.com.au mm-hmm. somewhat of a um common enough name that i couldn't get the dot com um <laughs> and and you know look on instagram mike campbell mc find me there ask me questions always yeah. happy to explore support ask questions mm. all that kind of stuff yeah, I really think guys that you would totally benefit from from following Mike. Um, check him out on on Instagram and Facebook. Check out his website. Uh, look into the, to his programs because I think, like I said, he's doing some amazing things and really has a knack for um, taking some complex things that I think and, and making them really uh, digestible and able to be integrated. Let's say that. Um, so, anyways, thank you, thank you, brother. Appreciate your time so much. Uh, yeah, welcome. just excited to, to continue the conversation maybe on another another episode down the down the road but appreciate you um so much and, and thanks for being on thank you for having me johnny it's been a blast amen all right guys thanks for uh listening as always like i said follow mike uh check out all his good stuff um and we'll catch up with you on the next episode of the becoming kings podcast take care that's it for this one and i want to thank you for listening Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, 
or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.